Jim Ford. I'm Dan Kurtzke. I'm Jason Grice. And I'm Chad Bokelman. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 95. Sure. Yeah? Yep. Alright. <laughs> okay. 95. Awesome. <laughs> okay, what are we talking about tonight, Dan? Um, you know, some calligraphy and making wedding invitations, because, you know, you know, it's, get, it's getting to be nice out, and you can start having these ceremonies outside with your friends and country folk, and, you know, you know, invite, invite lots. Hold it in a field, a nice, like, filled with, like, dandelions and stuff, you know. Dan. Yes? Dan, we're trying to not have things for James to have to edit out. Oh, I gave him gold. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so, as we record this... It was yesterday that DC kind of, they pulled a Casada and broke the internet in half. They announced that basically they're relaunching their entire line of, uh, you know, the DC Universe in August. Uh, From what I'm assuming things like Johnny DC, which is their children's imprint, and uh, Vertigo will stay kind of unaffected by this, but but yeah, every single DC Universe title is going to get revamped and relaunched with a new number one issue, possibly new creative teams, though those announcements have not really been made yet, except for a handful, and, you know, I looked up the number, <laughs> I, I appreciate this, there's going to be 52 new number ones <laughs> in the month of August. Yeah. Um, September, isn't it? I think it's August. I thought August 31st was uh, JLA. That's that's right, that's right. That's the the final issue of Flashpoint. There you go. In JLA, and then the next week starts the new ones. All right, September. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, speaking of that, that is the the one big, like, that's the one thing that we do know most about, that, um... Uh, they said right here in the article that uh, the first officially announced title and creative team of the new era was revealed as well. Uh, DC Entertainment co-publisher Jim Lee and chief creative officer Jeff Johns will be teaming up as artist and writer on Justice League number one, launching April 31st, starring Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Green Lantern, and Aquaman. And they had an accompanying piece of artwork drawn by Jim Lee, kind of giving us some uh, some redesigned costumes, some some other characters that may or may not be part of the team, and and that's basically that's that's their starting point for all of this this whole thing. Let, let, let's before we get into the specifics here, though, what was everybody's just gut reaction upon hearing that? Because they've been talking about this for a while, like. The, the rumors have been circulating for like a month or so that something was going down after August, and everybody was just kind of kind of made up their minds for themselves that okay, DC is going to reboot or or restart their universe or whatever. But now that they came out with this news, what did everybody think? I'm down. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if uh. If DCBS has seventy-five cent or a dollar first issues for the entire line, I'll buy every one of them. Yes, I'm very. I thought of that too. Not buying all of them, but the fact that if DCBS's policy on um, on number one issues holds true to this entire push, that's gonna be 
like you could basically buy the entire DC universe for like like basically fifty bucks. At least for that first month. Right. Now Chad, I know you had kind of uh the polar opposite <laughs> reaction at first that Jason did. Yeah, I was if in my initial immediate reaction, gut reaction was oh hell no. Just because in my mind, I wasn't thinking of, I don't want a new start to the DC. I was thinking, I don't want to deal with the next couple of months of bullshit wrap-ups. That's, that was my, that was the very first thought. You, you said gut reaction. That was the very first thing that popped into my head was a couple of months of bullshit wrap-up. Yeah. That's in, an interesting point, too, because the whole, like, it's not like we're finding out now that this is coming next year. This is coming in, like, like two months. It's, 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 like, it's like we get this big news dropped on us, and then we're going to almost immediately see the actual fallout from it actually happening. And that's, that's like the kind of immediacy I'm not really used to with comics, you know? Well, I, th- I feel like we're in, a, like, a, a weird situation here, because... Like we now we know that the DC universe as we currently know it, you know, is going to change. Like it's absolutely like the extent of the changes we'll get to, but disregarding the extent of the changes as we know it, the DC universe, you know, will no longer exist in a matter of what two three months now. Uh, about yeah. So. You know, it's like, okay, well, depending on how different the universe is, you know, that's going to basically say, okay, well, every issue that comes out from now until then, does it mean anything? Um, Is it going to be a wrap-up? Is it going to be a story that gets picked up, you know, threads get picked up, you know, in the the, the new universe? Um, That... That's that's the questions that are going to be going you know going through a lot of people's minds right now. Yeah, and I question how how fair a question it is because well we'll we'll get we'll get to that because I mean my my initial reaction to all this was was like well shit they're actually oh okay because <laughs> I thought somebody I like we had a thread somewhere talking about the rumors and. I basically laughed it off as like that's stupid. They won't do it. if they didn't do it after the first crisis. They're not going to do it randomly now. Come on. <laughs> and here they're actually doing it. But it, it's, it's like you said. Like we're still waiting to see the degree to which they're doing it. You know. And like and I should say like I just got home from work. So if any new news has come out since yesterday, I don't know about it. But um. Some some uh, points from that initial article that went out that I just want to throw out there is uh let's see Jim Lee has he's I'll just read straight from it Jim Lee reportedly spearheaded in Air Bunnies the redesign of more than fifty costumes to make characters again Air Bunnies more identifiable and accessible to comic fans new and old. Now, did everybody take a look at that uh, Justice League picture that I talk- I mentioned before? Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. you can tell, you can see some blatant differences 
in there. And I think it ties into, um, I forget where it is, somebody, they mentioned something about making the characters a little bit younger as well. I'm sure I'll find that later. But, like, you look at, say, Superman in that picture, and he's, like, noticeably younger with, like, a re- kind of a refit costume. Uh, Aquaman's hair is wavier or whatever. That might just be Jim Lee's style, or they might be going for something else there. Um, but what do you think of the idea of, like, redesigning 50... And we don't know what 50, but redesigning 50 character costumes in the DC Universe, as well as making characters somewhat younger than they currently are. If we're looking at it from, you know, not the age aspect, but uh, the the costume redesigns, you know, like I think I think Jim Lee is very talented, but I mean to put that much responsibility in, in one person's hands, uh, I don't I I don't feel I I don't think I have that much confidence that he's going to be able to do an awesome job and make everything look better. Um, you know, that said, like, you know, I, looking at that new redesign, you know, I, I kind of like the way that Wonder Woman's costume looks. I have no issues with the Green Lantern costume. Uh, I think they, what, they just added some shoulder, shoulder blades or whatever. Uh, kind of. His collar's a little, you know, different, but, uh, basically, you know, like, from what I'm seeing, it, it's, the changes aren't that drastic, for the most part. Um, Superman's a little bit more drastic, and then there's all the other heroes that we have not seen yet. Yeah. And something that sprang to mind when I read, when I heard that was, uh, did, Jim Lee kinda did this already, cause he, he did the character designs for the, uh, the DC Universe Online game. And there's character like there's established DC characters in there that got at least some degree of a makeover just for that interpretation. So I wonder like how like are the, is there going to be bleed over from that to try and kind of kind of kind of make the game feel like the comics kind of thing? Oh or, God. Um, actually, and here's the age line I was thinking of. Um, I think this is Dan DiDio talking. Oh. Uh, we looked at what was going on in the marketplace and felt we really wanted to inject new life into our characters online. Uh, this was a chance to start not at the beginning, but at a point where our characters are younger and the stories are being told for today's audience. So, I mean, from that, I'm kind of inferring, like, all right, this is not going to be, like, a hard continuity reboot. They're not really going to go back that far kind of thing. Um well, yeah, like, that, that that was my initial reaction. Like, if they planned on doing a hard reboot, then that, that to me is, that's a jumping off point. You know, I, I'm sure that their, their goal is to make it easily accessible for new readers. You know, obviously that is their goal. But for, for me personally, like, with the, with the amount of time and money that we all as comic fans have invested in comic books and, you know, this comic book universe, for them to just, you know, to say, okay, we're going to take all that, we're going to throw it away completely, and we're going to start completely fresh, brand new, so that all that other stuff means nothing now, you know, so that way a new reader can jump in much easier. Like, that that to me is it's disrespectful. 
You know, like, okay, you've you've been lasting as a company this long, you know, based on our backs. You know, like, we're the ones that have been funding it. And you can make stories accessible to new readers and appealing to new readers without without crapping all over what came before you. Um, well, well, hold on though. No one has said anything about ta- uh, about plot lines on these stories, though. I think we're well. That's that's I, why I said if if it was a hard reboot. Okay. I that like that was my my initial reaction because at that point I had no idea. You know, like I'm reading the USA Today headline and it says DC relaunches and reboots its entire universe. Now, would you consider would you consider GL rebirth a, re, a hard reboot? Oh no, no, definitely not. So, it, I mean, with John's, I mean, he's pretty reverent to the past, but takes things in a different, just tweaks it a little bit, takes things in a kind of a different direction, and it, it kind of seems like that's what they're going to do with most of it, in my opinion. I mean, like I said, they have, or like you said, they haven't really given any plot lines or anything like that, but. I don't think they're just going to say, okay, all of a sudden, Batman's parents weren't killed or something like that. Right. Yeah, like, like after um, after the initial shock of it, like, I, I was looking at Dan DiDio's Facebook page, and he specifically says, he's like, you know, nobody here at DC ever said anything about a reboot. They're relaunching all of the, the comics at number ones, um, you know, and they'll be doing it, like, th- there will be changes, and... They will be jumping on points, but they're not saying they're not calling it a reboot at DC. So, yeah, that leads me to believe that it is going to be more along the lines of Green Lantern Rebirth, like merged with a zero hour kind of idea that changes more than Zero Hour did. You have to consider the source too. It was USA Today. They don't know, you know, jack squat about this kind of stuff. So they just put a, a catchy heading on the on the top of the news story. Yeah, yeah. There goes our USA Today sponsorship, Chad. <laughs> I was almost done with that sponsorship, too. Way to go, Chad. <laughs> I wouldn't accept it if they offered me money for it. <laughs> well, I'm out of a job, I might. <laughs> oh, I mean, honestly, I'm kind of looking forward to this. Like, <clears throat> like I'm with Jason. Like, I, I, I think once you strip away all the fan speculation and look at what they actually announced... They're basically going to keep what's there, make some adjustments, give it a new coat of paint, and refresh the numbering. Which, um, because something I was thinking about is, you know, what, you know, what's DC really had going for it in the last few years, other than the Lantern books? (laughs) You know, the Batman franchise has been splitting fans down the middle. People People only seem to like the Superman books when Superman isn't in them. Nobody knows what to make of Wonder Woman. You know, the Flash, while I like the cur- well, I like how the current book started, it hasn't been doing it for anybody, really. The, the, the Justice League under James Robinson has become a joke. The Justice Society's fallen from grace more than they did in Zero Hour. And the Teen Titans has been struggling to get back on its feet forever. Like, like it's, it, a good, it's a good point, because these, these, these books... Uh... In order to get new readers or get in the news or get buzz going, you have to kill someone or do something ridiculously stupid just to get 
people to pay attention. Well, now everything's getting reset to zero, and they can do whatever the hell they want with it without having to go to the extreme ends of the spectrum. Well, so it's a nice, it's a nice. Well, and plus, this isn't the only piece of news we're talking about. This is, this is all in addition to an announcement that day and date digital releases for everything. Yes, and well, let's straight to the horse and mouth for this. Uh, they say in the article, uh, let's see. Finally, DC also announced they plan to make all of their all of their titles available available for sale in digital format on the same day as their published counterparts, starting with Justice League number one. Um, and that was my, after being fully informed of the news article, after reading reading it in, in its entirety, that was my secondary gut reaction, was regardless of my personal feelings, my initial thought was, finally someone has the balls to step up and do it and just see what happens. Yes. What you call it? Getting back on the idea that what is DC had going for it um, lately, other than the, the Lantern books. Well, the one thing that they had going for them um, was the the Superman book when JMS was was writing it, and then he had to leave, and then after that, it just kind of fell on its face. But aside from that, and I I don't know, I think this may have been what you were going for, Dan. But the Superman Earth One graphic novel. Well, that's that was certainly good, but that <clears throat> that's not really where I was going. But you know, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I mean, like, but that's I, I think that is one of their biggest motivators right now because if you look at it, okay, Green Lantern got <laughs> well, we're not going to say a reboot, but it got a fresh start, you know, with the Johns run, um, and. It's it's easily accessible. They brought in a bunch of new readers with that, and the next thing that they did to bring in more readers happened, you know, a bunch of years later with the Superman graphic novel that got significant press and it sold out the first printing, and you know, it's like this whole fresh new take on Superman. So they're probably thinking it's like, okay, well, how do we? How do we recreate the success of Green Lantern mixed with the Superman book? You know, how can we use that those success factors on our entire line? You know, maybe not go as um, as far as we did with Superman, but we still want to have the same kind of success that we had with Green Lantern. What do we do? And this is it. I don't necessarily think it's pure. Okay, yes, it's a business, and I'm kind of, you know, out of my element by saying this, but I don't think it's necessarily purely sales related that they're doing it. I mean, I don't think, as far as getting sales up for your entire line, I don't think this is the only way to do it. I think, like I said a minute, I think it's that coupled with the fact that, holy shit, this digital market is creeping up on us, and someone needs to step up and do something. How do we combine increasing sales and bettering our universe as well as plunging into the market? And if you reset everything to zero or to one, and then at the same time enter the digital market, you don't have to worry about people seeing if they're going to pick up issue 37 of a series because everything's at one and just go from there. I mean, it's 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 it's... Two forms of getting in 
new readers combined into one method approach. Yeah, it certainly does seem like a good way to do right by everybody. It's like, I mean, just just me. Like, I don't know about the rest of you, but <clears throat> but over the last five or six months, my DC pull list has been nothing but the Lantern books and Flash. And even yeah. Flash is only because it earned some goodwill with me at the beginning of its run. And <laughs> I wanted to see, like, well, it's ending anyway. Let's see what happens. But, like, there are characters I like and series I should be enjoying, but I either just don't like what they're doing or I can't get myself to care about the stories being told. Like, I've said that <clears throat> before about Justice League Generation Lost. Same thing with, with uh, Teen Titans once they revamped the team and brought Nicholas Scott on to do the art. Like, I should be loving both of those books, but I'm just, I'm just so lukewarm on everything DC's been doing outside of the Green Lantern books. So, like, this, like when I see this news, I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know what? This is, this is a good, this might be a good thing. This might be a good thing for me as, like, a lifelong DC reader, because now... Like, if there was ever a time where they were just going to, like, put their best foot forward with <clears throat> all of their books, this would be it. This They would be crazy not to make that now, you know? Okay, it, it's it, I'm not necessarily that optimistic about it, and the reason I'm not necessarily that optimistic about it is the <clears throat> number of books. 52 titles. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like that that is almost in in my mind and I know that I haven't been reading comics nearly as long as any of you three but in my mind 52 hearing the the word 52 uh, titles automatically my mind goes well some of them are going to suck balls yeah. well absolutely yeah. and, that's with and everything I, though I mean how many titles are out right now actually somebody counted and it's it's in the 50s so the number of books we're going to get launching is basically, it's give or take the same as DC already had anyway. And I mean, there's going to be stuff that appeals to you that doesn't appeal to someone else, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's always it's, it's subjective, so there's always going to be someone who loves it and someone who hates it. That's a good point. I just feel like though, like, like okay, if you're DC and you're going to take this kind of step, what's even the point if you're not going to? gonna just try and knock it out of the park at least for the first couple issues of each, you know? Like like creatively and editorially, it's it's in everybody's best interest now more than ever to make these books the best they can be. And and yet well there's no way I'm gonna get all of these number ones. I can tell you right now, I'm probably going to try things I otherwise wouldn't, you know? Like I mean, I mean, okay, I'm getting Green Lantern. Duh, okay, yeah, look, I'm getting Green Lantern. But, like, that, that Jeff Johns, Jim Lee Justice League is kind of a no-brainer at this point. Like, who doesn't want to re- read a good Justice League book, you know? Would Especially I... since we have experience with the shitty Justice League for the past year or so. Yeah, Jim, will, Jim and Corwin will review an arc and just be, like, super sober. It'll be great. <laughs> uh, for a while, I mean, I was spending 75 between me and the boy, we were spending 75 bucks at DCBS every month. And then I had actually cut everything down to pretty much Green Lantern, that was it. And then when I went to Super Show, some of the trades that I won, I won three Invincible trades. And then that just got me completely captivated. So I've already read all 14 trades that are out. <laughs> and it's, I really love that series, but with the whole relaunching, seriously, if they're a dollar or less at DCBS, I will buy every one of them. 
just to I, try everything out. Yeah, like, I love the DC Universe. I would like to read the DC Universe, but I just don't... Like, what what it is right now just doesn't do it for me. Like, would I like to read... Would, would I try a new Flash book, even though, like, take into account what we've gotten lately? Yeah, I would. Like, I would be interested to see... Like, if you put, like, a good creative team on it, like, I would try out Wonder Woman. Superman, Batman, even though I've never been really into them, yeah, yeah, maybe. You know, JSA, unless the creators suck, sure. I mean, there's no way that I'd continue the whole line, because that would be over 150 bucks every month. But I'd be able to see what interests me if I had all 52. I'd be able to see, you know, get my creative juices flowing just by anticipating what's going on. I got about another couple minutes, boys. Whatever's going to fall out of your brain, fall out of your brain. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really excited for it. I, I can't wait. Like I said, like I keep saying, a buck or less, I'll read every single one of them and then go from there. I, when I was a kid, um, I would just get stuff here and there from DC, who's who, stuff like that, some Batman. And then I got some Marvel stuff in the 90s, and then I kind of fell out of it at that point. And then not till I start listening to CGS, and then later on the Lantern Cast, I get back into the DC Universe, really. And I've been full force in Green Lantern, especially since then, as much to my wife's chagrin about all the toys around me. Um, but I'm open for, for it. I think, you know, there's always going to be change. People are always going to bitch about it, and some people are always going to love it. And we'll just see what, what comes out of it. I mean, we don't know anything yet. We just know that they're going to start at number one. We don't know what they're keeping from which titles. They don't. We don't know, you know, what plot lines they're going to keep. We don't know what part of their origins they're going to keep or tweak or not even touch or totally disregard. We don't know any of that stuff yet. And who knows? They may tweak something that we thought we might not like, and then all of a sudden, wow, that's a really good point, and we go from there. As long as there's people telling good stories with good artwork, that's all I can ask for. Yeah, I think my brain is done spilling. Clean up in Las Vegas. <laughs> it wasn't a big mess. Okay. No, that's that is a really, really good statement to make. Like, because ultimately that is what it comes down to. Like, if if they're telling good stories by good creators, then they're going to continue to get my money. You know, it's it's like like regardless of what continuity it is or what history counts. Like, if they're like if I'm still interested enough to be to want to read it, and it's satisfying me, then, you know, I don't want to say who cares, but you you, you know what I mean. I think, uh, you know, like, I've picked up the the first couple of issues of, you know, like, I think every new Flash series, for like the past few Flash series, I think I'm, I'm done with Flash. I think that even with this reboot, I don't know that they can make me like Flash. I think the key, like again, it comes down to the creators. It's like yeah, they're they're shuffling around three fourths of their creative teams. That that was that was the figure I read. Three fourths of the creative teams are being shuffled around. Yeah, like um, uh, I think Goyer is writing JSA right now. He's not going to be the writer on that anymore. Uh, we know Robinson is off of Justice League. Um, uh, oh, Birds of Prey is gonna be is one of the books that's that's coming back, but it's not going to be Gail Simone. Uh, Adventure Comics, this, I mean, this, just I'll say it now, this is a, one of the pieces of news I'm most excited about. Adventure Comics being reset to one, uh, reportedly featuring Dead Man, 
No news on our creative team, although the word, the name Ryan Sook has been banted around. Yeah, I heard about that one. I mean, I guess, I guess to me it would depend on. Well, the other thing that I was thinking about was like it would, it wouldn't make a lot of sense for them to do a hard reboot, considering what they just did with Brightest Day. You know, like you had that the whole, um, the whole Brightest Day series for a year. Leading up to a very specific conclusion, like, you know, if you were going to do a hard reboot, then you wouldn't have needed that series at all. Like, you would just be like, okay, you know, here he is in this new universe because when we rebooted it, that's the way it is. And hell, I mean, Jeff Johns is one of the architects of this thing. Do you really think he wants to throw away everything he's done with Green Lantern? I would hope not. I'll find him. (laughs) I want to figure out how they're going to do it, though. That's what I'm most interested in. Because if it's not a hard reboot, but they're switching everything back to number one, like, for instance, since this is the Lantern cast, everything we know about Green Lantern, what are some of the mysteries still out there? Okay, where the hell did the Indigos come from? You know, all that, all the, all these kind of things that we've been speculating on and trying to figure out, you know, what was Cronus' involvement with the Orange mm-hmm. Lanterns, all this stuff... The boy Are wants ever- to know what the Orange Lantern Loath is, too. Oh. <laughs> all, all of the stuff we've been trying to figure out. If it all goes back to one, are we ever going to get those answers? Like, if it's not a hard reboot and it's going back to one, what is it? You know, then uh, how is this... Is this... Okay, to, to be timely, since the last episode was about zero hour and part of their whole thing with those tie-ins was resetting things back to zero to give people a jumping on point... Is this our gen- this new quote unquote my generation's new zero hour, or what is this? Yeah, well, it's I, I think it's going to be more than zero hour, but less than crisis, because like if you if you've been reading any of the rumors, one one of them is that, and this is this is one of the tenuous rumors, but um, they could potentially do away with the marriage of Superman. Yeah, Lois Lane. Fuck. That's there. Yeah, that's one that they're seriously, you know, talking about right now. It's it's just a rumor, but there's well, there's also uh, images of Superman and Wonder Woman together surfacing and stuff. Well, that that's that's all old stuff. That's oh, you know, that that's I've been around read. for ages. Okay, I haven't read that story yet. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's an interesting story, and I mean, you know, it was the, the centerpiece for Kingdom Come. Superman yeah. and Wonder Woman hook up like years after Lois Lane passes on. Um, I like that, but by the same token, it's like you know they've written Superman and Lois Lane together in such a way that it's almost going to be near impossible to believe them not a, not together. If okay, that makes any sense. But in like the other side of the coin, okay. Batman's my favorite character. If he had a wife, I don't give a shit, as long as it's an entertaining story. Oh, that's... But you see, that's... The difference is that Batman has never had, like, a continuous, strong uh, romantic interest, aside from, like, Catwoman, and that's only touched on every once in a while. But that's just as much part of his character of not having anybody as it is for Superman to have somebody. Yes. So that's just as much to do with who Batman has been up to this point, but if all of a sudden Selena Kyle's his wife, I don't give a shit. 
Just make it entertaining. I mean, there have been decades of stories where Superman was not married, and then there have been decades of stories where he is married. So, like, they can do both well, you know? It's I, It would be a shame to backtrack it, since, I mean, that's... I don't think anybody's ever really complained about their marriage, but... You know, it's 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 not like they would have to struggle to figure out how to make it work either way. Mm. Well, the other thing that has me wondering about that is it's like they're, they're talking about the possibilities of Grant Morrison writing one of the Superman books. That makes sense for them to do, though, because, I mean, when you look at how well-received All-Star Superman is and basically whatever format they decide to put it into... Why wouldn't you want to put Grant Morrison... And he's had some success, depending on who you ask, with the Batman book, so why wouldn't you want to give him a shot on a Superman ongoing? Well, what I'm getting at is Grant Morrison was the architect for DC 1 million. Yeah, huh? Okay. Nobody rec- remembers how that ended? I've never bought those issues. Oh, I remember how it ended. Yeah, okay, DC 1 million ends <laughs> with Superman basically recreating his soulmate, Lois Lane... Out of, I don't know, the sun and a Green Lantern ring and some kind of magic or something like that, basically. All right, boys, I got to go. Uh, okay, nice, take care. Nice, Jason. It's been fun. Yay. Talk to you guys later. Later. Bye. But what I'm getting at is that Grant Morrison, he's like one of the people that contributed mm. to the idea that Superman and Lois Lane, you know, are like, they're always meant to be together. I don't, I don't know how I feel about all, what, what. What is Didio's quote specifically when uh, when he was talking about it, it's not a hard, it's not a reboot, it's what? Well, he said uh, nobody said anything about a reboot. That's well, what just, is he, that's what the is quote. He, what is he quali- saying calling it's it? A, a relaunch. Well, what's the difference? This is what I, that's what I want to know. What a is the relaunch difference? Relaunch is when you just start a series, you know, at number one, like Kyle Rayner's book. Ended at issue 181, and then, like, six months later, Hal Jordan's book started with issue one. Like, that was a relaunch. Yes, yeah. And well, this re- is the, the, the... Well, the problem, then, is comes in how the fact that they're changing the costumes and, and making the characters younger and more relatable. Well, first off, we don't know entirely about the ages, because they have been saying that the... The Justice League images that we've seen is most likely um, a Secret Origins. Um, okay. But even if you... Because Superman looks hella young. Yeah, yeah, they all look younger. So, I mean, if you figure that yeah, it's a Secret Origins and it's showing them younger uh, and they're actually not as young, you know, later on in, you know, all the rest of the comics, I mean, you know, the whole thing is... We, we, we discussed the possibilities coming out of a flashpoint you know it's like they could use this if we discuss the premise of flashpoint as most likely being reverse flash going back in time and changing a whole bunch of things and then ultimately the flash has to go back and change things back but you know you can change so many things like you know there are plenty of things that you'll remember that you know you know you need to change but if you you know forget one little thing or you know you basically get it so that it's close enough 
then you know the universe that you go back to is going to be very similar to the one that you originally had, but there are going to be differences. And you know, depending on where you take the Jenga block from, you know that that's going to tell you where the tower is going to fall. So is Flashpoint was Flashpoint always supposed to be the vehicle for this? I think or so. Is, or or is Flashpoint now become the vehicle for this? The way Brightest Day became the vehicle to get Constantine and Swamp Thing back in the DCU. I'm going to say that it's always been just because they've. I, look how little information we got about Flashpoint between the announcement of Flashpoint and now, when Flashpoint number one is already out. Like, there are people, like, nobody said anything about Flashpoint ever. Like, they, like, one of the biggest problems detracting from Flashpoint is that nobody could get excited about it because nobody, like, DC wasn't telling anybody shit about what it even is. Exactly. I think they knew from the get-go, like, I mean, how long has it been now since, um, since the restructuring with, with, uh, Jim Lee and Jeff Johns getting their new positions at DC? It's been, like, a year or something now? Yeah, about a year. So, I think that, I think they've been working all this shit out in that time, and now we'll see it, you know? I just, and, and, and I've already said it, but I'll say it again, I, I, I think it, it carries more positive feedback when you think about it in terms with the day and day digital release news yes. as well. Yes. If it was just if it was just a plain relaunch everything, I could see there being more controversy. But coupled with the day and date digital release, it's more of a positive thing than it is a negative thing. Yeah. And you know, we focus heavily on the implications of all this to the DC universe because, you know, that's the thing we love. That's our hobby. That's our playground. But the real point of all of this is really to just get as many people as possible reading DC from multiple fronts, you know? Like, I mean, ultimately all this, it doesn't even come down to the comics, really. It comes down to the DC marketing machine because all of this, the digital push the the relaunching at number one, it's going to fall apart if DC doesn't start to market the shit out of itself in ways they'll bring the right they'll they'll bring in people, they'll be in everybody's face. Especially yeah. those who don't already go to comic shops and buy comics, you know. Especially especially the digital stuff. You know, that is where the re- new readers are going to come from. I mean, as it is, everything DC really does with this publishing line has been kind of in a bubble, you know? It's like, like, we know about it because we're already there. And for all for all the, the shows, like, that's like for instance, CGS, what is the role of the retailer and all this stuff, and uh, <laughs> everybody's been talking about the digital thing. Yeah, we've seen things like Comixology crop up. We've seen them do deals on Marvel's website, blah, blah, blah. But thus far, as far as I know, no one's gone balls to the wall with it. So we don't have a basic, you know, market research, so to say, of of how it all works out. Yeah. Now, could this fail miserably? Absolutely. <laughs> but it's less likely to fail miserably now that they're doing this relaunch. Yeah. Now that everything's at one. They, and and I was at the comic shop today picking up my new titles and my Flash Omnibus 
which no, I didn't buy after losing a job. I pre-ordered a while ago. I'm not wasting money. Yeah, I got it too. <laughs> I got it too. <laughs> um, and I was, I walked in the store in the middle of the conversation. The comic owner, the, the store owner, was talking with somebody else about this news, and I just pulled up a chair and joined the conversation. And and they're not worried about this. They're not. They're if anything, you know. They're they're excited and think it's going to work out just fine because they've they've been in the comic business long enough to see things not necessarily this widespread, but something like this come and go before. And and this is where I'm getting the idea that coupled with the day and day digital that this is smart. And and there were someone asked the the, the owner if they thought um, the digital sales were going to hurt their their hard sales. And I don't know how this ties into our conversation, but something I, I heard from the from the store owner that I'd never heard before is as far as digital sales go, whenever someone's talking digital sales with, with that with that store owner, ninety percent of the people don't buy them on the iPad, don't they'll buy them through PlayStation three and Xbox. Hmm. The the digital stuff. Because we had gotten into a conversation about digital sales what if there was like a digital kiosk in a brick and mortar store or something like that and how all that would work. And what he's saying is the majority of the people he's ever talked to do it through their gaming systems, which is something I'd never heard before. I mean, I think trying to tie the digital thing too, too much to the actual comic shops would be a mistake because again, that's, that's, that's like trying, that's like saying, Oh, we're going to market it to the people who don't go to comic stores already, but they have to go to comic stores to get it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, people who don't read comics already aren't going to give a shit about any of this. Like, what DBT's doing with publishing line right now, it's not on their radar whatsoever. You know, you know, and reboot every single year from now to infinity, it's not going to solve anything. Because it's it's all just being marketed solely to us, to the fan base they already have, and you know the movies certainly aren't doing the job for them. You know who goes to comic shops to buy a Thor comic because they like the Thor movie? People who are already shopping at comic shops and reading comics. <laughs> you know what they have to do is you know now that they're going to the trouble to make all this content that'll supposedly appeal to new readers is you know put it out there where the most possible people are going to see it. And give them the easiest possible way to get it. And you know, the days where like things like in-house ads and announcing stuff at conventions and advertising at comic shops, like the days where that's enough are long gone. And they have to really embrace like, okay, people have the internet in their pocket all the time. How can we use that? The problem I see, or not the problem. Uh, have you have you heard what they're doing with the uh... Diamond? Like Diamond's reaction to the digital thing? No, I have not heard of this. No, what? Well well Diamond's what Diamond's doing, and this is this is me joining mid conversation uh with the whole um you know, the the retailer I was talking to today. What they're trying to do is kind of what the D V D sales are doing nowadays, where when you go to the store it's no longer just Blu ray or standard edition. There's that combo pack with the Blu ray regular and digital copy. What they're thinking about doing is giving the comics, and then when you check out at the stand, and, and this is if I'm recalling this right, when you check out at the stand, it gives you the option to purchase the rights to a digital copy of this, 
So it generates a code for you to enter online to get the digital copy for for a little extra fee. Now, I, I, I could be slightly wrong on this idea, but Diamond's trying to figure out how to get in on this deal because if they if DC and Marvel go direct to digital and you know cut out the middleman or just do Comicsology, then Diamond loses out. You know, yeah. I mean, I so think they're trying to do okay. something to get involved with this. I think that's that could serve to help ease some current fans into digital, but I think that's the full extent of what it'll do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, how much how much more are we talking though? Because like the price point is is really the the biggest issue for me. Like, if you are selling a comic digitally, then as far as I'm concerned, like if you charge somebody any more than two dollars, then you fail. Oh, cut that in half for me. Well, yeah. I, I mean, like, I, I think that if they sold comics for ninety nine cents, then I think that they, you know, sell them like freaking hotcakes. But yeah. <laughs> it, well, you know, I mean, they. They would do very well, I think. I think if you introduce comics digitally for $0.99 cents a piece so that now you have something that's less than a dollar, easily consumable, you can get it on a PlayStation, a computer, a digital device, whatever, then you're going to do a lot better than having people come into a sport store you know, that they don't know where it even exists and spend 3 or $4 for a comic that you don't know if you're going to like – you know, it that that can be a daunting proposition. So, yeah, okay, sell it for ninety nine cents or a dollar fifty or whatever. Okay, that would be fantastic. But I like, I'm I'm being realistic, and given that comics are three dollars or four dollars, I don't see them selling comics uh, day day and date release. For for less than a dollar ninety nine, and if they sell it for more than a dollar ninety nine, then where's the incentive to buy the digital as opposed to the hard copy? It's like, okay, so I'm paying, and this has been my 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 biggest issue with digital comics so far. You're charging me the same exact price unless I'm getting a sale for something when I could go into a comic book store and get an actual physical copy of the comic that I will have forever, you know, regardless of whether or not your servers go down or you lose the license or you go out of business or whatever, you know, it it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of comic fans who won't pay more than a dollar for a comic. They they don't even get a physical copy of. And there are also a lot of non-comic readers who have come to just, accept the ability to go onto iTunes and get whatever they want for a dollar. You know, and and those same people might not pay more than that for something that they don't even know if they really want yet. I mean, it's we talk about like 2 bucks like it's not that big of an amount of money and and it's not when you com- especially when you compare it to <clears throat> the almost double that it's been lately, but you know, it's it can be it can still be a barrier to entry if we're talking about making things as accessible as possible for a new generation of readers that may or may not even know that they want to be the new generation of readers. Yeah. I mean, and and that, again, like, you need the, that combination of 
a really cheap price point for digital and just a really fucking awesome marketing push everywhere for the digital stuff. Like, like I mean, something that happened, I think it was last week. I think it Was it for Memorial Day? I don't even remember. But DC, like, something they've done a couple times now, like three or four times, is they've had these these um, online digital sales on Green Lantern issues. Just, all like, a whole hell of a lot of them. All for, like, 99 cents. Which is awesome. Except they don't tell anybody about it. They mm-hmm. just, they, they put it up on their blog, on their website. So, not, so now, okay, not only are non-comic fans not going to know about it, but the bulk of comic fans aren't even going to know about it. Because... The bulk of comic fans don't read DC's blog on their website. Like, I found out... I always find out about these things, either because I just happened to get bored and browse their site one day, or somebody links me to it. Because they just happen to be browsing the site randomly. And, like, it's, it's not as simple as, okay, I'll post this on the internet in one place and wait for the cash to roll in. They have to, they have to aggressively go about this, you know, like... Like, stuff like that, that is a great deal to get people exposed to Green Lantern in a way that, you know, uh, uh, who was it, like, like Harold, Harold Jeanette, he he was on our forum talking about how he wanted to jump on this, but he's not even sure anymore because, you know, was the price point and he didn't find out early enough, or I forget what he said in the thing, but it's like, there are people out there who would take advantage of this, but they have to know, and... This is like the big thing about DC that they have been so far behind Marvel in is just marketing themselves and their products. It's like it's not enough that we. Uh, I've, uh, I'm sorry. I'm. I'm I, I don't want to rant about this for an hour. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, the the thing um, you guys were talking about earlier, as far as the 52 new comics, you know, new number ones. Um, and some of them may be crap, you know, but, you know, if you look at the amount of comics that Marvel puts out in a month, huh. and and I, I'm not, like, I, I don't read them, so I don't know about the quality, but when you see the amount of miniseries that they put out dedicated to, you know, Wolverine or, you know... There's an X-Men movie coming out, so they'll put out, you know, 30 different X-Men, you know, one-shots. Or, you know, Thor movie comes out, so you have five different Thor miniseries. You know, stuff like that. Like, you know, okay, I, I really doubt that every single one of those is amazing. But they put out so many comics because somebody's going to buy them. You know, the, the the comic book store owners, you know, you know, maybe they're getting duped into thinking, oh yeah, it's like you know, I'll get these store comics for the movie, you know, because people are gonna want tie-ins to the movie. Chances are they are gonna sell, but you will only know that if you put the material out there for people to get. Now, right now there are three Green Lantern issues, three three, three Green Lantern monthlies coming out, um, and I use the term monthly loosely, (laughs) because, you know, God only knows when it's actually going to come out, but if they put out another Green Lantern book, 
or two more Green Lantern books, <laughs> like, you know, maybe I buy it, maybe I don't, but chances are I would, and I would at least check it out because I love Green Lantern. Look at Flashpoint. That's exactly what's happening with those two tie-in miniseries. What, with the, oh, the Green Lantern miniseries? Yeah. That's right. exactly, like, like, they're putting out the, like, that's exactly what you just said. <laughs> right, right. Um, but, oh god, now I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, well, like, with the, the Green Lantern, like, the movie, you know, you have the, the, the prequel issues. <laughs> and again, I use that term loosely. <laughs> they're so stupid! Half of them are coming out after the movie. Yes, yes, the Green Lantern prequel issues, some of them will be coming out after the movie's out. I um, swear to... I would, I would be so happy if they just changed it to, like, epilogue issue on, like, the, the two that come out at the end of the month. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I don't think that's uh, gonna happen. Yeah, no. But, like, um... But, yeah, like... You know, you know that I like Green Lantern. You know that a lot of people like Green Lantern, so give us more Green Lantern. And yes, they are going to be giving us, you know, a little more for the Green Lantern prequel movie, and a little more for the, you know, the Flashpoint thing. But, you know, what about before now? Green Lantern has been exploding for, I don't know, a couple of years now. So, like, why, why was it that we only got you know, em- Emerald Warrior after Blackest Night. You know, like, you know, strike while the iron is hot. Not, okay, well, the iron's kind of cooling down now, so let's pump out as much as possible. I think it was overcompensating, because, like, I mean, tying back to what I was talking about before, how, like, the DC Universe line in general has been kind of weak over the last few years, Green Lantern's been climbing. So... It's like, at, so I think they're trying to, like, they're, they were steadily increasing their lantern output to kind of make up for, for, uh, well, that's probably not true. <laughs> but you, you, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, maybe. Well, depending on where the Green Lantern stories go after this whole relaunch, I'm kind of, and, and this thought is creeping into my head. But I'm kind of happy this is happening because now my collection has an ending point. Oh, <laughs> like I, I can I can have a clear start and finish to awesome Green Lantern stories, <laughs> and not wait for more. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you but know what? That's no. I don't think that's the case. I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But well, I, I, but I don't I don't know if it'll be the case for everything though. Maybe it's not a line wide complete reboot. Yes, it's a relaunch, but with 52 titles, are are you sure beyond a doubt that there's not going to be a single one of those titles where a lot is going to change? Well, they've already said that there's going to be new characters. Yeah, okay. something they have said too is how um they're going to there's going to be some uh, alterations to supporting casts in different books, like character relationships, and like I mean. I mean, think about it in terms of, okay, if Green Lantern number one happens and we kind of we kind of find out indirectly that the character of Cowgirl is no longer in continuity, that wouldn't really matter that much, you know? Because <laughs> she, she was in, like, five issues and never seen again for two years. So it's like, 
It's like they could they could kind of they could delete her from Hal Jordan's history and not even have it really matter much. Like like if the, like that kind of thing, or maybe she's there but they never started to have a relationship. That kind of thing. Like like if they did that with with like the supporting cast of like twenty books, I don't think it would be that big of a deal. Although like it would be situation specific, of course, but that it it would be like a minor change. You know, it, it it's just it's just becoming apparent to me that like aside from Green Lantern on a whole and like <laughs> the core of who Superman is, like outside of that, like I don't really care what they do. <laughs> I mean, like it, it's probably better that they do reboot, you know, a lot of this stuff because I've lost interest in so much of what DC has been doing because of so many poor decisions. Like, you know, you brought up the the Justice League stuff. Like, that stuff is abysmal. It's just absolutely unreadable for me. Um, Which sucks, because I I do, I'm enjoying the Brett Booth artwork. I flip through, I see the Brett Booth artwork, and it's like, oh man, sure would be nice to be able to read this comic. But I can't. Well, that's why this is this is gonna be, this could be great for everybody, you know. It could like it's a palate cleanser for us who have been jaded by everything over the last few years. It's it's a it's a good it's going to attract everybody who buys number one issues because number one sell, remember? And it's going to be like a good point of entry for all the digital kids on their on their Xboxes, apparently. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, serious. Like, is there is anyone here not going to get? Justice League number one. Uh, I'll get it. Uh, I'm getting it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Like, <laughs> just because like this is this could very well be what everybody has been clamoring for, you know, like like the big seven Justice League and everybody's and and like by a competent writer and an artist who knows what he's doing, kind of. <laughs> Like this, like, and it's, like Jim, like all the stuff you said, like this, this could almost be tailor made for you, you know, like like you are the the one who you're the reader who loves DC, has history with DC, wants to read DC, but up till now DC has been kind of pushing you away. Well, you know what? This is a good place to, to dip your toe back in. The the thing that it's like, I think the the problem with DC. And this is a problem that they've had, you know, I would say pretty much continuously, is that when they put out information, like, they don't, they don't control it the right way. You know, like, when you look at Marvel, um, regardless of what you think of their, their choices, you know, like, unmasking, unmasking Spider-Man, getting rid of the, the marriage... Um, you know, killing off this character, whatever, uh, yeah, killing off Captain America, bringing Captain America back, like these these were enormous media events. You know, they killed off the the guy in the Fantastic Four, um, and I, I know who it is. I'm just trying not to spoil for anybody that doesn't know. Um, you know, you have these massive events, and like Marvel puts out the information in such a way that it it gets people, like, kind of excited, you know, 
about their properties, you know, whether it's excited in a good way or excited in a bad way, or if it, even if it just like says, oh, you know, I've never been to a comic book store, but I need to go to a comic book store to get that issue, you know, because, okay, maybe it will be worth something. But you know what? They're going into a comic book store regardless. It's... Okay, yeah, so they don't go back again, whatever. You know, I'm sure that that's not 100% true. Because some people have already, you know, said on our forums that The Death of Superman was their first comic. So... You know, when you, when you look at all that, like, <laughs> Marvel puts out their information and it gets people excited. DC put this information out and, like, you look at Facebook, you look at Twitter, you look at Tumblr, all of these social media sites and the initial reaction to the news stories that are coming out of this is that, you know, oh, I'm done with DC – you know, how can they reboot all of this? You know, everybody's angry, you know, rah, 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 you know, it's like down with DC. Like, come on, like, you know, you could have put this, like, that that kind of wording and terminology, reboot, you know, okay, well, maybe that has appeal to somebody that's, like, been daunted by the concept of the continuity. Um, but... You know, you, when you – if you do that at the risk of alien, alienating all the people that are currently reading comic books, it's just like, you know, take a minute and put the information out there in a more controlled way and build excitement for it. You know, don't say, you know, we're relaunching everything, you know, and then let them say, oh, it's going to be a reboot. No. Give them enough information to say, you know, it's not a reboot, but, you know, they're they're putting a fresh coat of paint and, you know, they're taking these characters and not restarting them, but, you know, making them accessible to, to new people. You know, put it in a way that's going to get new people excited and not piss off all the old people. It can be done, and DC, I like it, so many times they do this. Yeah, know, but they, Jim, every every time DC does anything, people cry reboot. People thought DC. There were people who thought DC was going to reboot its universe after Blackest Night. There were people who thought pe- DC was going to reboot their entire universe after Infinite Crisis. There, pe- there are people who thought like oh, Earth the- One. Yeah, Earth One was going to be a reboot. There are people who thought, as soon as they saw the Anti Monitor was going to be in Sinestro Core War. Spoiler, they like, oh, that war is going to, might end with a reboot. You know, the, it's it's half a joke at this point. Because I mean, granted, DC's kind of earned earned the joke, but but like even like again, like they the the only people bringing up reboots are the the fans speculating. You know, no, like, I'm telling you, reboot. Was in the USA Today headline. But that's the USA Today. That has nothing to do with DC. That's a that's a that's a journalistic media outlet trying to draw attention and views the way any other company would try and draw the interest. And what I'm saying is, if you put the information out in a more controlled way, like these people, they like when they're writing these stories. Like, right now, they don't have a lot to go on, because DC isn't 
like, they, like, it's a big surprise. They don't want to tell everybody what's going on. You know, like, it's like, oh, something big's happening, we're, we're relaunching every single one of our comics, you know, and we're not going to tell you any more details beyond that. You know, oh, we redesigned, you know, 50 new costumes, you know, and things are going to get shaken up, you know, like, it's going to be brand new for everybody. You know, when you are not giving details, then people like these, these reporters are going to have to jump to their own conclusions. You know, like, if you say, you know, yeah, I have an announcement to make from Marvel, um, Spider-Man is getting divorced. You know, well, there's your story. You know, and you, you give the details on how it happens and, you know, why Marvel decided to do that. That's your entire story. So people know going in what to expect. Now, okay, you can be outraged over that or you can be like, oh, great, they'll be able to tell some great stories. But it's not going to be like this this haze of confusion like, you know, okay, I have no idea what to expect. People, you know, like, if you don't have any idea what to expect, then, okay, for some people it's going to be like, okay, it's going to be, you know, exciting and surprising and new. But some people are going to be like, well, I don't want to plunk down my, my money on something that I have no idea what it is. This isn't, like, it's not like this is 100% of the information we're going to get. Like, DC was supposed to, they actually announced this early. Like, they were, they were going to wait until, like, the 11th of this month to drop some big announcement or something, but then... You know, stuff started leaking through Bleeding Cool, so they, like, they decided, you know what, let's just let's just drop the bomb now. And, like, I think on, um, right around when the Green Lantern movie debuts, they're going to be, to be releasing updated solicitations. So we're going to be getting, like, creative teams and titles and stuff. So, it's like, it's, it's just, like, we're not going to get the instant gratification of getting, like, the complete info dump all at once. But, like, I think... Frankly, I think, like, what they did tell us is a lot to take in all by itself. And, like, in, in terms of, like, broader media media outlets use, because that is, that is another thing. Like, Marvel likes to use the mainstream media to promote themselves. In terms of, like, like, like your examples, like, Spider-Man and the Maskian Civil War. What's-his-face dying in the Fantastic Four? That, like, Captain America getting killed. These are like like these are already these in those cases they're promoting a specific thing about a specific cultural icon that everybody knows already. You know, every like everybody knows who Spider-Man is. So you announce Marvel's doing a groundbreaking thing with Spider-Man, that's going to get some attention. But if the story is, oh, DC Comics is is relaunching their line, there's gonna people be people who see that headline don't have a clue what that means. Like, like, again, we are the audience that cares about that story. It's not going to be until we get, like, get the, the push through digital that we're going to get people to realize they care about it. But, like, with the costume designs, like, when they say, okay, there's going to be 50 costume design, you know, changes or whatever, and there'll probably be more than that, but Jim Lee did 50 costume redesigns. Well... Superman no longer has the red underwear on the outside of his costume. Yeah. That's a big change. And, and like and you if, know, 
that might be a change exclusively for the flashback story where they show like the year one origin updated version of the Justice League. Adult Superman might look exactly the same as we're used to. Well, that's true. But assuming that that is not the case, you know, assuming that they went with this Jim Lee redesign and he no longer has, you know, the red underpants, you know, like, you can... They actually could have broken this story up into a bunch of stories. And, you know, it's like Superman's going to get restarted and blah, 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 blah. New costume, new storyline, you know... He's no longer married to Lois Lane. You know, like, that's that's a huge story in and of itself. Yeah, but they are staggering the information, and that's what you hate. Mm. <laughs> they're Like, they announce what they're doing, they just haven't announced all the specifics about it. Which is exactly what Marvel and DC have always done mm-hmm. with any announcements they've ever made about any comic books. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look at... We got the announcement... Like, earlier, like, I don't even remember how long ago, that a Red Lantern book was coming. And then Not months, happening. And then months later, we got the announcement of who's writing it. Never found out who was going to be drawing it. And now, like, you know what, maybe it's not going to happen, or maybe this whole thing is the reason why we haven't heard more about it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be happening in this new wave of DC number ones. Who knows? It's it's probably not going to happen, and according to Bleeding Cool, and this is a very, very short thing, in September, Bleeding Cool has been told to expect a new Green Lantern team book made up of one member from each of the differing Lantern emotional color spectrum. Green, yellow, red, blue, indigo, violet, orange, and black. Mm-hmm. So, the, with a team book, maybe it's it's likely that, and only 52 titles, it's likely we won't get a Red Lantern book. But, you know, like like Dan just said, they're only giving us a small piece of information. They're just giving us the basic premise of what they're going to be doing. They haven't given us very many details. It's not like we're going to have to wait all that long to find out the answers to all of this. I mean, it's it's September. <laughs> it's, it's like... Right now, it's June now. It's, it's, we're going to find out very, very shortly. Hey, I've got this month's previews in front of me. Maybe there's something in here I haven't looked through. <laughs> is it all just? Is it like a hundred redacted pages? <laughs> I have no idea. I haven't even looked at it yet. But yeah, no. Go ahead. Go about your business. I'll flip through it while we talk. Right. So let me ask you this: Will like who here sees themselves? Try like getting some of the the books digitally. Like, say the price point is exactly perfect for you personally. Would you be inclined to split it up and say, well, these are the books I absolutely want to read, and these are the ones. So, like, I will get them in print, but these others I'm high on the fence about. I'll I'll try them digitally. I'll tell you what I would buy. I would buy digital comics. One, if I had the the. the tool for it, like a, you know, a, a Nook color or whatever, mm. and I would buy it if there were issues that I didn't want bound. Because to be perfectly honest, as far as all the comics I have currently, because I sold part of my collection, I kept them because I want a bind, a large, personalized, custom, all-in-one or two-volume bind. 
If they're just comics, I would like to read over and over again. They're short little stories, not necessarily a whole arcing storyline. That's the digital comic I would buy. Because I don't know what it is, but there's something to me about having, like, for instance, this Flash Omnibus I picked up today. If this was available in digital, I don't know what it is, but I guarantee you I wouldn't get it. Yeah. I mean, I'm... There's something about this book I want. I know, like, I'm... Like, something I've always said is that the really good comics deserve to physically exist somewhere. And I, that's probably like kind of a, like a half-naive statement to make because how do you know if they're the the, the ones until you you get them physically and read them? But you know maybe that's maybe that's a good tool for digital to to be like if it if if they're ninety nine cents an issue you can read basically anything and say okay I love this I am getting the hardcover of this when it comes out or I'm going to go and get the physical copies and bind them. Hmm. Shall we tackle some voicemail? Oh. We shall. Hey guys, it's Brian Coates, aka Menace Comic, on the uh, forums. Uh, I'm just calling in regarding the DC announcement. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. I think I posted this on the forums. It's exciting, and yet I kind of wonder what what it means for us. Like, you know, we're, we're, we've got three Lantern books right now. How many of them are going to survive? Um, you know, we're we just going to get Hal Jordan as just the Green Lantern. Will we have, you know, the other members still around? Will they be on the other cores? Will the other cores even exist? Um, you know, it's pretty weird. Uh, otherwise, I have, I'm also kind of looking at this picture by Jim Lee and, you know, the Justice League, and, you know, it's a promo shot. Who knows if it's legit, if these are the actual designs we're going to be looking at. Um, but I keep looking at Superman in that. He looks really young. I keep thinking this is going to end up being like an Earth One situation or something. They're going to bounce us up to another uh, uh, multiverse or something. You know, it's there. They never really used it other than uh, the, the, the Earth One Superman. Um, you know, there's not a lot of multiverse stuff they brought back in, in uh, 52. So I get a suspicion that this is really just going to all going to take place elsewhere. And a year or two years from now, they're just going to pop right back onto it. I'd love to know what you guys think. Alright? I guess that's it. Bye-bye, guys. Can I say, first off, the, uh, the, the, uh, Google Voice... Yeah. (laughs) ...dictation underneath this thing (laughs) is the greatest thing I've ever read. (laughs) (laughs) They're gonna bathtub another that multi-birds or something. I highlighted that, (laughs) yes. (laughs) 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 <laughs> oh man, I'd love we love your message, Menace Comic thank you <laughs> yeah, but that's another thing. like like how long because people keep comparing this to some to things like like Ultimate Marvel and Heroes Reborn and like like how long do you see this going like like even if it's completely successful, how long do you think they can go with it without it losing its luster? Or, like, you know? Because, like, the big appeal to Ultimate Marvel was that almost exactly this, you know, there's it's a fresh starting point. You don't have to worry about continuity, give or take. But, you know, ten years later, it's, it's really no different. Well, Ulti- Ultimate Comics always had a 
an end point as far as I could see it because of the fact that they were telling almost the same stories that had been told originally in Spider-Man, except that they were modernizing them and telling them faster. So, you know, it's like when you have that, you know, if, when that's your, your business model, then eventually you're going to catch up. And then what? You know, then you're you're basically at the same exact point that you are with the regular comic series. So what's the point of having an Ultimate series? You know, it, no matter which point people are going to jump onto, you know, they're still jumping into the middle of continuity. Um, which, with this, I think how long it lasts is going to depend on the... Um, how far they go with the changes. If the if the universe remains like largely the same, you know, like if if I read a Green Lantern story from 1987, and it turns out that that's that that is still somewhat in continuity with Green Lantern, then I'm going to be happy. And if they erase Cowgirl you know, to, to streamline things, then, like you said, it's not that big of a deal that it's going to stick out in your mind. Now, if they make Hal Jordan 22 years old, you know, and he's a completely different character, then, you know, if they start changing, like, the fundamentals of all the characters, then that's where you have an issue. You know, like, okay, well, if Hal Jordan is now, you know, 25, then <laughs> where does Kyle Rayner fit into this universe? He's 10. Yeah, like, it, it doesn't fit. And not to mention, like, if you have a 25-year-old Hal Jordan, then what necessarily is the point of having a Kyle Rayner, you know? I mean, I know what the, the point is, but still, you know, you have the younger demographic. They should so, just make them all, just do, like, Muppet Babies. Like, make all the, make all of them, like, little kids, and Alan Scott can be their nanny. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt while I'm on, the, on, on it. Uh, all the retroactive stuff looks like it's coming out in August. August 24th, August 10th, August 3rd, August 17th. Hmm. And some are reprints, some are original stories, but it's all hmm. coming out in August. And they're even starting up new series, like, going into it. The, there's a Superman Beyond number zero. That's but it's a one-shot. But I mean, it's they're 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 starting. Oh, that's gonna lead into the um the the Justice League of the Batman Beyond series. Yeah. Are they doing one of those, or are you guessing? No, yeah, I, I heard about that. That I, I'm pretty sure that that mm-hmm. Superman book is supposed to lead into a like a Justice League of the Future book. Oh, the first little sentence is, from the hit comic series Batman Beyond comes the adventures of the Man of Tomorrow and the DC Universe of the Future. You know what's interesting? I think it was Infinite Crisis, where, um, you know, right before, a few months before that, they started up the, uh, Legion book by Mark Wade, which it would eventually become Supergirl and the Legion. <laughs> but, um, as they got closer to Infinite Crisis, they basically said, yeah, you know, this is, you're, you're, this is the first post-Infinite Crisis book. Because this is, like, <clears throat> this is the future after this crisis we're going to do. So, like, maybe 
maybe that's kind of what they're doing with the Batman Beyond universe. You know, it's a it's a future that will be in play after Flashpoint shakes up everything, and we're just starting to see it a little early. P.S. A lot of these DC books say something about conclusion of the storyline, and this is all <laughs> stuff that comes out in August, yeah. right before this September thing happens. It's going to be a sad month. Yeah. I just, just like I said in the very beginning of the episode, my initial reaction is, oh crap, bullshit wrap-ups. <laughs> That's what I don't want. I mean, I'm assuming we won't really notice in terms of the Lantern books just because, you know, I mean, what do they do? They, they do a big story where everybody fights each other, and then they have an issue or two of downtime. So, like, like they did it after the Sinestro War, they did it after Blackest Night, now they're going to do it after War of the Green Lanterns, and then it just so happens that when things pick up again after that, it's going to be the new number one stuff. Oh, God. Oh, what? God. Are we going to have to deal with another death of Abin, sir? God willing. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Flashpoint Hal Jordan number three has a cover of uh, Hal's uh, flight mask with a nuclear bomb going off in the shades. Oh, maybe they drop a nuke on Abin, sir. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, shall we play the uh, the next uh, voicemail? Yes. Oh, I got it queued up and ready to go. Okay. Hey, this is uh, Jamie Dutton, Seventy Four. Wanted to get my quick thought on DC news. Um, I'm optimi- optimistically cautious about it. Um, you know, this is not something that. I don't think we've seen before where they're renumbering everything and uh, putting in, you know, new, new, you know, we don't know what's going to happen yet. So I think there's a lot of speculation going on, and I think as you see more things happening, I think it will, you know, people are either going to like it or not. I mean, that's just how it is with, with comics. I mean, you know, I've been reading, you know, this stuff for like 30 years now, and you know, things change all the time. You know, there's got to be a way to make things fresh and make things new and bring in new readers. Um, something, you know, caught someone's eye to pick up that comic for the first time, and I think what they're doing now with this new reboot uh, might be the same thing. And then the fact that you have all of these, you know, you got the same day and date for digital, um, I think it's a step in the right direction. I hope that the price is going to be worth, you know, that I hope it's not $2.99 for a digital, although it looks like it is going to be. But we don't know. And um, I'm optimistic and I'm curious to see what's going to happen. Um, a little cautious. But, you know, I've been reading DC for a very long time and I continue. I will continue to read DC and see what they're going to do with it. So, uh, love the show and talk to you guys soon. Bye. Okay, let me say, if it's two ninety nine for digital, this is gonna fail horribly. Yeah, I will slam my head into a wall and hold the line. Two ninety nine applies to this digital initiative too. That's- yep, it's it, the only way I would ever like. Let's say all I bought was digital comics. The only way I would ever even consider buying a two ninety nine digital comic is if it was like highly interactive. You know when old school comic books where it would say, see such and such an issue for this storyline? That kind of interactive where you click on the panel and blah, 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 blah happens and you get caught up on the backstory. 
Well, wait a second. Just... Wait a second. Aren't the motion comics like for sale for like a dollar ninety nine? Don't know. Yeah, like on on iTunes, I'm pretty sure like you could buy a motion comic for a dollar ninety nine. Okay, but a motion comic's different from a digital comic. That's 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 voice acting, that's sound effects, that's it, it's it's totally different. Right, it's basically a puppet show. Right, but it's a dollar ninety nine. You know, right. so when you factor in the fact that you have the art and now the voice actor and the technology to make it move, a regular comic like if they if they can charge any more than a dollar ninety nine for that. Then they're out of their minds. Yeah. Yep. I mean, two ninety nine only looks like a good deal because we have four bucks to compare it to, and we know that's the alternative. You know. Mm-hmm. Like if you like you put two ninety nine as the price on on what on Comicsology on iTunes on whatever the hell the platform is for this, people like new people, new readers that they're trying desperately to get. Are going to look at that and go, eh? I'll buy like, like, three songs instead. Yeah. I gotta say, I expected him to be angrier. <laughs> Damn it, people! We want your anger. <laughs> okay. The next, the next one. Oh, I thought the next one was from him as well. But that's all of the rest in our backlog. <laughs> hey, this is Jacob from the forums. So, uh, the whole DC renumbering, uh, I kind of hate the idea. It worked so well for Zero Hour, and nobody really cared back then. And really, it's just kind of a giant fuck you to the, you know, the little intern that they had go, here, count all of these, uh, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman issues, because we want to set them back, and Action Comics, or Adventure Comics. Because we want to set them back to their original numbering. Just my opinion. Well, what was it you said, Jim? It's not. It's better than Zero Hour, worse than Crisis, something like that. I I, I think it's going to be more more progressive. You know, more change is going to happen than in Zero Hour, but less than Crisis. With Crisis, that was for some co- for, you know for some <laughs> comics and for some characters a hard reboot. It wasn't for Green Lantern. Um, they they did kind of a soft reboot like later on with uh, Emerald Dawn, um, but even then, everything that was before that was still in Green Lantern's continuity. Well, even even Crisis wasn't as hard a reboot as they wanted it to be, though, because like like it still took like half a year for the Superman books to kind of settle into post Crisis. Like they like people were still telling pre Crisis stories about Superman. After the crisis was over, and that version of Superman wasn't supposed to exist anymore, so I hope I hope this ship is run a little tighter than that. Oh well, yeah, it, it has to if they're releasing all the number one issues in the same month. Yeah, but yeah, like, but with Crisis, you know, eventually they did restart Superman, and eventually, yeah, everything that was before that <laughs> was you know something completely different. You know, like, that never happened to Superman. So, yeah, like, this is not, I don't, as far as I can tell, this is not going to be a hard reboot like that. It's going to, they're going to shake things up like a zero hour. I think Jason's early comparison to Green Lantern Rebirth was a good one. Because that, that right there, you know, they, 
there was some retconning done. They they put some new coats of paint on some stuff. They reshuffled a little bit and they gave us some awesome stories. You know, that's that's basically that's kind of the level I'm expecting. Well, I, I do think that they will do more changing than just a rebirth level rewrite. Because, like, like you even said, you know, they're going to be changing some things with, uh, you know, side characters. Um, costumes are going to be different, and they're going to. They're, they're probably going to alter like tiny bits of history here and there, so that you know they can undo things that they want to undo, or you know, redo things that they want to redo. Well, I mean, look at. I mean, ask yourself, what was Parallax before Green Lantern Rebirth, and what was he after Rebirth? You know, what was the state of Sinestro's existence before Rebirth versus after Rebirth? Like, if we can, if we can accept, like those kinds of changes. Well, those I, those are those aren't those aren't reboots. Those are. Uh, oh yes, they are. What's what's the term? Um, Relaunch. No reimagining. No, when you when you change the when you add history into retcon. Something. Yes, it's a, re- a retcon. A retcon is when you either change a little piece of history, or in John's case, he he basically took the information that was there and like slipped in a paragraph under you know, something that we didn't know about back, you know, just as how was jumping into the battery, basically. He completely rebuilt what the concept of Parallax is from the ground up. Come on. But there was, like, there was nothing saying what it, that you know, that it wasn't that. Okay. So, it's... He added something to the concept of Parallax to make it something much more. He didn't take... Well, I mean, you know, in some people's opinion, like mine, you know, it took something away from the character interactions, you know, and the choices that were made, but (laughs) the story still happened exactly the same way. It's just it turns out it was a fear bug, and nobody knew that it was a fear bug at that point. That, that that all that stuff was a retcon. Like that's that's very different than a, a reboot or uh, you know a slight continuity yeah. you know jumpstart. Well, look at the Justice League then. Okay, they're like we we've pretty much been told that the they're going to open up with you know Justice League number one, and we're going to see the new history of the team getting together as youngsters. Like like this is <clears throat> it's like it's they're retconning that like like that. That is a re- that is retroactive continuity. That is them saying to us, "Okay, this is this is how the team's origin went, not that other stuff over." No, that's not retconning. Yes, it is. No, because they're not changing the stuff that you know. This is a new <laughs> yeah. timeline, and things have been changed by other means, so that they're telling you, "Okay, this is actually how it goes now." So you're saying that it's not it's impossible for it to be a retcon if it's start if it's if it's another version of the universe. 
bullshit. Yeah, no, it's, that's... Like, you're, no, you are so you're splitting hairs so much. Well, I'm giving you the definition of retcon as opposed to, you know, like uh, like a reboot. God, this is like the time travel thing again. <laughs> and actually, it has to do with time travel. So they no, no, no. All right. Well, let, I'm not sure if we've answered this question of completely or not. So one of the questions I have is, is okay. Let's say the line wide day and date. Uh, digital release wasn't happening and this was the only news we were getting was the uh, relaunch. Is this necessary? Is it necessary? Yeah. I mean, would DC be doing this without coupling it with a line-wide digital blitz? I think that, like, like, again, it just comes down to you need to get good creators who are good at what they do telling the best stories they can and editorial needs to make sure that happens as much as humanly possible on time do you do yeah on time do you absolutely do you need to take everything back to number one and tweak it to get that to happen no you don't we've been we've been getting that fairly consistently for as long as i've been reading comics you know you don't have to do that that being said i i can tell you for a fact i'm more inclined to try to read more of these because of the way they're doing it than I would have if they were just announcing every now and then, okay, we're bringing on a new creative team to Wonder Woman and we're putting, we're taking James Robinson off of JLA and putting somebody else on it instead, you know? Like, I think if they wanted to maximize their sales, even if we're just talking about amongst comic fans then I think this is going to give them bigger success in that area than just keeping the old installation of things as it was. We're going to take James Robinson off of Justice League and put him in a closet. I'll buy that for a dollar <laughs> on, on iTunes. <laughs> but no, I, did I answer that, Chad? I don't even... No, it's, I'm just I'm just curious because... Yes, the comics, uh, for the most part, were kind of shitty. Um, um, I'm looking at you, uh, Robinson. <laughs> but, uh, and uh, obviously other books. But even with them failing, um, this, the companies, uh, the, the, they've had failing books before and not done something quite so drastic. Yeah. And, like, I think... I I do think that that you're right about like the whole like if they weren't going for the big digital push in conjunction with this we, they probably wouldn't have taken this big a step but I don't know like even if I never download a single comic based on like the business model they're coming to could be coming out with I think I'm I know for a fact like I'm not going to be to Jason proportions and buy all 52 but I know for a fact I'm going to be buying more DC books in September than I probably have in the last six months. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll buy titles I otherwise normally wouldn't give a try, which I'm guessing, not guessing, I know is probably what they're going for anyways. Yeah, Yeah. Um, to answer your question, Chad, in my opinion, I think that DC definitely had to, they definitely had to do something. 
and okay, maybe they didn't need to do number ones, but they definitely had to do something, and injecting, you know, new life into their comics is, you know, it, it's it's more than just a good idea for DC right now. It's it's necessary. Um, you know, like, month after month after month, they just keep on losing ground. And, like, I think there was going to be one month where they were, you know, th- like, they basically pulled out all the stops so that they could overtake Marvel for, like, one month. And then, like, something didn't end up shipping in time, uh, and they lost it. So it's like, you know, it's basically like when you're looking at market share, you know, and they're just facing defeat after defeat after defeat on market share, they they had to do something. They had to do something big. And, the you know, pulling out, you know, number ones for everything, like Dan says, it's going to get noticed and people are going to try it out. Um, I mean, hell, look at, I mean, DC is publishing an event right now that, nobody really gives a shit about and that should really that really says something you know i mean granted people are probably going to be paying more attention to it now but but uh i mean uh, it's it's i don't know I, I just think i think it's like a big indicator when you can have a top creator or two writing an a, a summer event for your company and not many people really have anything positive to say about it, including those who are really invested in those characters or the universe. So I, I'm just really... I, I just like seeing them not play it safe. Like, they're like, all right, you want to try the... You want to try rebooting or relaunching or reimagining or re-re-defeating the monster, your universe? Awesome. Go balls the wall and do it. You want to try it just jumping in the deep end with a digital push? Do it. See what happens. Who cares if it fails? Just try your damnedest and see what happens. And you're going to do both of them at the same time? All right, now I'm interested. I'm going to be watching you. This is a, this is great. <laughs> okay. Oh, and I wanted to throw out there, according to Google Voice, the first line of that voicemail was... Hey, this is taken from the forums, so the hold GC Republic number I can hi Kyle made you an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't we switch to this sooner? <laughs> I was wondering what uh, CGS was using whenever they would read the Google Voice translation. <laughs> I was wishing we had something like that. <laughs> I like, hey, works so well for the number zero... Hour nobody really cared back then. <laughs> yeah, zero hour became the number zero and the word O U R. It's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm looking at a, a voicemail we haven't played yet, but one of the things is so I thank you, management. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you guys think that uh, like how do you think this is going to affect specifically action comics and detective because those are like those are getting reset too, right? Everything, yeah, they're going back yep. to number one, and like, like the like action just had nine hundred, and like detective was like somewhere slightly behind that, but like those well, are almost like the perennial books that you would want to get because they had high numbers, you know. Well, 
weren't there comics a while back in and like I said, I haven't been at the comic game that long. But if I'm not mistaken, I seem to remember seeing comics in back issue bins where they'd have like a larger number at the top and then a smaller number at the bot underneath that number. Yeah. yeah. Like for instance, number whatever of the storyline number blah 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 of this whole series ever invented yes yeah that's something like i uh i can't remember if dc did it but marvel did it in uh the late 90s early 2000s i think where um they would they would uh uh like specifically i'm thinking of their captain marvel book where Mm -hmm. like halfway through they kind of put it back to number one because there was a creative change or a directional change and you know um on the number, like the nation number, in bold, they had a one, because that was the new number one. But in kind of faded in the background, behind it was a number, you, you know, like 33. Because, and they just kept track of both as it went. If they did that with the mainstays of DC, I'd like it better than if they just went straight number one. <clears throat> Especially with action and detective. Because Detective's coming up on 900, right? Within about 20 issues or so? Yeah. I would, I'm would. i really interested to see if they uh, they can keep themselves from pulling on Marvel and just, like, doing number one. Now 900! Now 50! <laughs> okay. Um, so we talked about everything we wanted to talk about with that? Mm-hmm. I think so. Then... Considering there's not a lot of information out there, we got a lot out of it. Yeah, really. Seriously. Uh, we should probably mention the uh, the movie get together in the city. Yes, yes. You got the details for that. Um, Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send you lots of pictures of us being happy, Chad. <laughs> no, we won't. We already know. What... I've actually, I've actually had offers from multiple friends telling me they want to go see it with me, and they'll pay for my ticket because they want to see it with a fan. So I might see this movie for free like five or six times. You should be like, "What? Awesome! All you guys pull together to pay for my plane ticket to New York." <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Okay, movie meetup. The uh, the meetup is going to take place on oh god the eighteenth, I believe. Yeah, Saturday the eighteenth. Okay, Saturday the eighteenth. Uh, this is the day before Father's Day. Uh, it's this month. This will take place in. Uh, about two weeks from when you hear this episode, or when this episode airs, um, we don't have a time yet, because as far as I know, tickets are not available just yet, but uh, it's going to be at the AMC Lowe's 34th Street 14 Theater. Um, I, I think the 14 stands for how many uh, screens they have. but I, I thought it was 40... Uh, wait... I thought it was on 34th Street and 14th Avenue. No. Isn't that what we told No, me? no, no. What, that, what avenue is it on, then? It's on, like, 8th Avenue. Oh. It's basically like you walk out of Penn Station, and there's the movie theater. Oh, it's the, it's, it's the one I suggested to you at the beginning, and you were like, no, let's not do that one. Yes, that's the one. Jerk. <laughs> I hate you. I'm going to go see this with Chad. We, uh... Yeah, well, we we looked into a lot of uh, a lot of different options, and it just it just turns out that for for getting a group of people together um, for both this and food, this was the most convenient location. 
So we're shooting for around a three o'clock showtime. So ideally, we will meet up in the city pretty close to around two o'clock in the afternoon and uh, head over to the movie theaters. Anybody that, you know that wants to meet up with us there uh, can, and we're going to see the movie. We, we will, of course, announce a showtime as soon as we have uh, the exact time details so that everybody can order their tickets ahead of time. Uh, yeah, watch... Watch the Twitter feed and the Facebook page because, you know, we'll try to get it on an episode, but just in case, you know, we'll, no, we'll definitely put it there. Yeah, as soon as we have the information um, for, for times and everything to, to nail it down, it's going to be on the Twitter feed, it's going to be on the Facebook page, it's going to be on the forums, and we'll probably even record like a special uh, mini episode announcement to go out on the feed as well, so that we'll, we'll cover every base. So if you do want to go, you'll know about it. And, you know, we're looking, you know, this is the theater that we're going to go to. Afterwards, we're going to get food. If you plan on going, then please send us an email at lanterncast.com, lanterncast at gmail.com, rather. You don't know our address. Yeah, send us an email at (laughs) lanterncast at gmail.com and let us know if you're coming, if you're bringing any, you know, friends coming with you. And also, what, like, name, like, a, a few kinds of food that you're into. Um, you know, we'd like to accommodate as many people as possible, uh, you know, get something that we'll all enjoy. And uh, Not to mention, and I'm, I'm not even going, obviously, but you got to think, you guys aren't going to be able to talk to each other that much in the uh, theater. So you might want to pick a kind of place that allows you guys to talk about the movie or you know, interact with one another. Yeah. Well, plus, like, this theater is so close to Midtown Comics, there's no way we're not going there <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I, ideally what we'll end up probably doing is um, getting a reservation for a restaurant in or around <laughs> Times Square. So that's the plan right now. Um, let us know. Send us an email. Let us know if you're coming so that we, we know – how many to reserve for for uh, for dinner? Okay. Yes. Also, Chad keeps sending me pictures. Where did you get the Tomari movie poster? <laughs> um, my comic shop uh, actually has like a a little freebie table, and this isn't the huge movie poster. This is the um, oh, you know the Wednesday Comics hardcover. Yes. About that size. Oh, that's pretty good. And I've already got one of Hal Jordan, so I think they're getting, like, one a week. So <laughs> I'm just waiting on Sinestro and Kilowog, and then I'll buy a giant-ass frame. <laughs> <laughs> and P.S., since this is what I just said is probably going to be taken out of the episode anyways, go check the LanternCast website, because I just flipped through the previews, and there's something awesome coming out that you guys need to know about. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I, I would describe it that way, but yeah, <laughs> it's, it's there. It's pretty unique, though. You gotta admit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, John Godwin will probably get one. I uh, I stopped at the uh, Barnes Noble by me today, and if it was a paperback, then I probably would have gotten it. But as it was a hardcover, I'm gonna wait uh, probably a couple of weeks before I can afford it. It's a hardcover book from page to screen, Green Lantern. 
It's got like mm-hmm. tons and tons of photos uh, based on the movie, design photos, and um, character photos. It, it's really, really cool looking. There are some spoilers, you know, in the book. So, uh, you know, maybe wait till after the movies, after you've seen the movie to pick it up. But the, the yeah. book looks gorgeous. How much is the hardcover? $35. Mm. So. That sounds good. This is, if all the movies to get, like, an art book of, this would be a good one. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So. Okay. Okie dokie. So, if you want to email us, lanterncast.gmail.com, uh, or our individual emails, Jim, Dan, Chad, Jason, or James, at lanterncast.com. Our website is lanterncast.com. There you can find links to our forum, our Facebook page, our Twitter, our gallery. Uh, it also has our RSS feed. Uh, or you can just go on iTunes and subscribe to us there. Leave us a voicemail at 708-LANTERN. And uh, I think that's it. Yay! Yay. Okay. Um, we'll be back soon. Sooner than a week, everybody. Take care. Bye. Let's try and make it so that we don't have any errors, so that way James can edit it really fast. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Jim Ford. I'm Dan Kurtzke. I'm Jason um, Grice. <laughs> and I'm Chad Pokelman. <laughs> okay, okay. No errors at all. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't even get through the intro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just so used to going after Dan. <laughs> Like, all four of us just go at once. <laughs> 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 uh, <sighs> okay. Alright, so... Once more! <laughs>